Welcome back. So we're talking about right when you finally were starting to see positive results coming out of the injections you were getting. And so... That's pretty much the impetus when I just moved back here and I got involved with Pride, mm -hmm. started doing drag. Yeah, because now you could walk. Yeah, true. And actually, the first time that people had seen me walk without dragging my leg was also when my second partner... Because a lot of people knew you all this oh, time. Yeah. No, I was still at the, at the bar. I was working as a bar back, wow. dragging my leg around. Were they and, like totally gobsmacked? Um, when I came in in thigh-high white go-go boots, <laughs> yeah, they were totally gobsmacked. And they didn't realize it was me because I'd taken the beard down to a goatee uh-huh, and came in as my wiener hurts in this just ridiculous outfit. And when people were like, when I said who, they heard my voice, they're like, how are oh, you walking? Yep. And I'm like, no. And also I'd lost weight. I had a second partner after that for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. um, hot little Puerto Rican dude and he could cook his ass off. But when he left, honey, I was like, mm, time for new me. And I lost like 25 pounds inside of six weeks. Holy cow. So in the whole six weeks, I kind of dropped out of everything and was dedicating myself to every day doing physical rehab, getting myself built back up. Wow. And... Yeah, it was kind of shocking. It kind of turned it around. And so that was in 2000, 2006. So 2006 and the debut of... You Need a Biscuit. Was 2006. Mm -hmm. So you're at this show at Pride. Mm -hmm. You're getting ready to launch You Need a Biscuit. And you said everybody was totally blown away. They were not expecting it. Oh, because, so well, it what ended the, up happening? For the Pride pageant or the trailer park pageant. Okay. Um there was I was the only contestant, first of all. There was another <laughs> there was another one, but they he saw that my friends had helped me with a lot of the costuming and one of my friends worked for Virginia Stage Company. It was all thrift store stuff, so but it was just cleverly done. Okay. Um and I can't even take credit for the clever part. But um Oh, so who do you want to give credit to? Shout out. Oh, I, they're not around anymore. Oh, but okay. um I, but I'm not that I actually I mean it's the thrift store. You're thing, like, I'm I not that it. creative. <laughs> but I kinda am, but anyways, uh yeah, I did a Wendy Ho's I Stole Your Purse. And I had never heard the song. The friend turned me on to it. And I was like, oh my God, this is just crazy and wild. Right. It's filthy. Which is and, perfect. And it, what I wanted to do, to, especially for the camp aspect of it, mm -hmm. to me, you know, to give homage to what camp is all about. Okay. And it just caught fire. And then people were like, and within a few years, I was hosting shows. Um, I had a show at the Hershey Bar, the He Bar, um, for, God, four or five years. And I called it the Dog and Pony Show. <laughs> and I would give an opportunity for drag queens that wanted to take a shot at it. Oh, awesome. And kind of like, you know, it's like, um, kind of like the gong show. You get applause. You got to bring your friends that are going to buy drinks in order to get the applause. Okay. And it was a lot of fun. And I gave a lot of queens their start. Uh, a lot of queens their start. So and, who were some of the queens that were well, there that Well, my launched. daughter, my favorite daughter, Nalia Bella. Yeah. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, Nalia. We'll have to have her come on. Oh, yeah. She's a hoot. I love Nalia. Um, we saw uh, her over at um, The Wave. Isn't that yeah, who yeah. that was? Yeah, we saw at The Wave yep. on uh, Halloween, the white Halloween. Yeah, the white show yeah. or whatever, where they were all angels and stuff, heaven. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a, I'm, actually, I talked to. There was some amazing drag queens that night. But anyway, so, yeah, that was Nalia good, Bella, who else? Um, God, I'm trying to think of all the queens. I'd, um, I'd already known um, Jasmine Spaulding and, um, God, other uh, Jesus. But there's been plenty of them that came through. Yeah, and I've also booked uh, Rue Queens, and uh -huh. also I had just one of somebody popped up with a friend that was a steep, uh, bitch pudding. Oh, okay. From you know, she was up from Atlanta with another friend of mine, or 
Queen had performed. Mm-hmm. Just random. And it just got word. It's like, oh, this is a really freaky, fun show. You can do whatever the fuck you want. And, awesome. And celebrate just quirky and weirdness. And, and you did that for how long? I guess four or five years. Okay, yeah, so four or five years. So that carries us into like 2011, so like 10 years ago. It was even more than that. <laughs> <laughs> so then, see, I was doing it right up until I started working at MJ's, and that's been seven or eight years ago. So, okay. Yeah. So About then, th- how did MJ's come to start forming? Well, MJ's is Mike and John, and I've known John for a number of years. John and I worked together at Garage. John used to come into the corner pocket when I was working there, um, when Frank was in the hospital, and, and uh, John had just lost his previous partner. Had passed away. Okay. And so John had MJ's and I, I talked to him when he was talking about buying the building. Mm-hmm. I knew the building because previous owner, one of the architects I worked for had been hired to look at it to run Somebody wanted to buy it to renovate okay. it. And they ended up turning their nose up. What did it, it used to be? It was originally a seafood restaurant from 1938 called Mason's. And then through various things, it became, it was owned by a gay gentleman, uh, Steve Brown. I heard that it was owned by some very religious people. Mm-hmm. At one point. And so that's why it was kind of funny that it ended up turning into a gay club. Um, or gay bar, not rather. M- not MJ's. Yeah, somebody had said that. I, or maybe they were oh, mistaken. Major, the original, the original, the Masons? Yeah, I guess they were. Okay. I mean, because that was like from 1938. Up until, right. But then um, another gay guy bought it at some point. And that's when I, you know, we'd gone there. There was, a, while it was a leather Levi bar. Oh, wow. I guess that was 86 when there was 11 gay bars in Norfolk. 11. Uh-huh. And it's down to what, like two? Two in Norfolk, one in Virginia Beach. That's crazy. Okay, and, so there and were zero 11. in Newport News. There was yeah. 11 in Norfolk, three in Virginia Beach, two in Newport News. And now there's none in Newport News, mm-hmm. one in Virginia Beach, and, and two, two in Norfolk. Norfolk. And no real lesbian bars. Oh, yeah, that's to, right. We used yeah, to have, Hershey's gone. Yeah, Hershey's I forgot gone, about that. And then Shirley's is gone. Yep. We used to have three. Wow. And then there was uh, Stella Street, which is right where the Tidewater Drive overpassed, mm-hmm. goes over the railroad tracks, just wow. by Cole. Where that you talk about a church, the church is there now. That used to be a lesbian bar. So, what do you think um, was the actual like downfall for all these bars to just go down to the numbers they're at now? Um, Loss of interest. uh, The population is moving. It's not well. The 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 navy breakdown. I mean, because Reagan had built up the navy so big during that period, and Mm. and it was before. Don't ask, don't tell. It was just you know and. It was just a lot of homosexuals. And it was also, again, you know, the 80s, MTV, people were coming out. It was a lot more comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, it was more, so, you know, it seemed more acceptable in a lot of ways. But then the AIDS crisis kind of chased a lot of people back into the closet, made them more suburbanized, mm-hmm. you know, kind of idealized the whole heteronormative of husband and husband or wife and wife and you're stay at home with your dog and your cat kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, not that that's wrong. I mean, I no, was, it's not. I, I know I, I was partnered. I'd love to be partnered again, but um, no, it's um, that was pretty much a downfall. And then the dating apps. Oh, I saw right. That. I've seen that within the past 10 years. Yeah. Um, so what are your thoughts on the effect of the dating apps? Is that well, positive? I'm negative? I'm not a fan of the dating apps. I had, I had um grinder, when I was at work after my after Xander left, I was like, okay, I'm gonna put this on my, my so, phone. So then let's circle back to when but, you first started at MJ's then. So you started at MJ's in what year? It's eight years ago, so I guess twenty fourteen thirteen. Yeah, yeah thirteen. Season. So two thousand thirteen. Is that yeah. when you started to kind of delve into the apps because of people that were around you working and No, 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 not really, because I mean 
I was aware of them. I really wasn't because I was too, but I didn't really deal with them until later. No, it wasn't when when my partner, uh, the last partner left. um, Sorry, when my last partner left. Oh gosh, I guess about six, seven years ago. Okay, so six, seven years ago, and you just so happened to be at MJ's, so you start using the apps. And and the only thing that people were, I would hear ding. I'm like, oh yeah. (laughs) Are you are you working tonight? Are there any drink specials? I shit you not. I got rid. What did not? It happened way more than one time. I'd be at work. Okay. It just became a standing joke. So I got rid of Grinder and kept Scroff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I kind of like the bear dudes and whatnot. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. What was your thing for Facebook? You said that you love these like super hairy oh, men yeah. and got banned. Yeah, I, got, I posted a picture from a Sports Illustrated of this really hairy athlete. And it's a, it's a production photo of him with his ball cap on backwards standing in a doorway, which looks like a stall to a bathroom, with his hands over his groin. Nothing sexual. But the Facebook algorithm... That's crazy. I know. So you so you love hairy men. You were on Scruff. That's why you kept it. And um, it's just just weird. Well, first of all, I'm also the queen of the bears. I host all the bear events. I am MC. Okay. The bear. I want to say pageant, but it's not a pageant. A bear competition. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like fucking meemaw. Um, so it's not really all that. And it's just I don't know. It's so weird. The dating app thing just doesn't. It's too two dimensional for me. I'd rather have a conversation with somebody. But you said the running joke ended up being with the dating apps and the drink specials and all of yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. The, the people just contact use that to contact me. They, they <laughs> for all drink have specials. Me, yeah, for for stuff going on at the bar. You have me on Facebook, <laughs> mind you. They all have me on Facebook. Right, but they wanted to know through Scruff. Yeah, they would have. <laughs> Grinder Scruff was less about the drink specials. Grinder was under. Yeah, Grinder was the one that was totally every single inquiry of, to me was about my work at a bar. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, so it funny. didn't even say bartender on there. So they knew who I was. Yeah, they just knew. And it was just like, you know, this is kind of creepy. But I did go out on a d- I turned Scruff back on for the first time in like a year. When? Not too long ago. Last month. And you went on a date? It was weird. It already sounds very weird. It what happened? It was very weird. Um, Explain. Um, went and had faux, talked about some interesting things, you know. How old was he? Um, closer to my age than most. He was in his thirties. Um, <laughs> um, but so, you know, and, and just just out of curiosity, what would you put your age at? Um, fifty-eight. Okay, so very close to your age. Yeah, very close than most. Yeah, than most. <laughs> but uh, no, it was just um, it was just really awkward, and it wasn't about the age difference. It was the really awkward part was finding out he was married and his husband. <laughs> That's always kind of a killer. So this was just a sex date all along. Just going to Ghent for faux was just, you know. And I'm That's like, a long way to the bedroom. Yeah. <laughs> Go get like, dinner. Hey, you know, and... I have no problem. I had no problem. That's, that's a little work the guy, was, the guy was attractive and whatnot, but it Did just... you buy him dinner? Uh, no, we, we, we dutched it. Okay. Um, you know. uh-huh. How weird is that, though? Uh-huh. We know dutched. Not everyone does. But that is so fucking weird. <laughs> but then, the, you know, just like, just to drop in conversation. Well, yeah, my husband, I showed him your picture and I'm like. Oh, okay. Oh. Okay. So what did he say? Was he like, why don't you join us? Or my no, husband's no, no. cool with it? Ha- he wanted to have sex with me outside of his husband. Yeah. It was was, kinda... Were they open or no? Oh, apparently. He, he, was, the, he was the was open one. It literally just dropped on me like. <laughs> you were the unicorn. <laughs> you know, I've been worse, honey. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> You've been worse, but paid more. <laughs> yes, exactly. And paid less attention to it at the oh, same time. Oh, my but, uh, gosh. 
Yeah, it wasn't and nothing against the guy or anything. Well, one of the things too was it was like I kind of dug the piercing, but the PA that he had was like connected the, to a non-existent penis. No, the penis wasn't bad, but so you did end up. Yeah, but not. I, yeah, <laughs> I kind of had. I just kind of lost. I was expected to be the top, and I wasn't in the mood. Yeah, it does have to be a particularly good night. Um, no, it's not for me. I mean, it's, for it's, me, it's, it's got to be a particularly good ass. That's where we're going to go when here. Hell but... freezes over. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, My soldier gotta... marches every now and then to that beat of that drum. But mm. I'm, I'm getting older now. I used to fuck everything that walked, but now it's kind of like it takes a little bit more. I've got to have some interest in the person, and I want to see them. Doesn't respond. it suck as you get older? You kind of need to like be good with who they are as a person too. Yeah, it does kind of suck because my taste in men are people that I don't like. <laughs> right, right. You know, I'm prison tats. Hey, let's have sex. Um, <laughs> yes, I know someone here that feels the same way. On that note, we're going to go ahead and take a break and we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Give me a head with hair, long, beautiful hair, shining, gleaming, streaming, flaxing, waxing. Give me down to there. Shoulder length longer and here, baby, there, mama Everywhere, daddy, daddy It's raining men Hallelujah, it's raining men Amen I'm gonna go out I'm gonna let myself get Absolutely soaking wet So now, full throttle, you're at MJ's at this juncture um, as of the last, what, like five, six years? No, seven or eight. Seven or eight years yeah, you've been the there? the last year off because of COVID. I gave my shifts up to people that had their hours cut. Okay. And so is that the only place that you work? Yeah, currently. Yeah, okay. I'm, ret- I'm retired because of my back injury. Okay. So how has MJ's treated you as far as clients and customers and hosting gigs and stuff prior to COVID versus once it hit? Like how how has it been when it started? Um, we were very proactive. I mean, the, John and Mike were very proactive about limiting our staff mm-hmm. to exposure. But then once we realized, you know, once things, we just followed the guidelines. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the beginning, were you picking up a lot of traction or how long before MJ's really became a good hot spot? Because I know for a I while know, it, it was, was kind of unknown. Um, no. In it, the beginning. What it, it, it took a big jump. They had a manager and she moved and took all the employees with them to another bar. Okay. And that's when I got called in from yet another bar, which was also owned by the one that they went to. Okay. And yeah. And then I jumped and it was kind of slow at first. And we, John and Mike did a lot. They did improvements to the property. Cause that's I'll say the, the thing that sets MJ's apart it, yeah. is they take the money that they get and put it back into the property. They really do we because it has totally changed the bar, in the past like ready, five years. And they're getting ready to open another patio on the other side, which will be open to the sun. We'll have like the cafe tables with the wow. umbrellas. Nice. You know. Yeah. yeah so you'll have to enter from the front only now because that whole side will be an exit two out. To a I just remember the first time, like I said, I think it was like 2000 had to have been like 14 or 15, something like, I think it was like 2014. And at that time I hadn't even heard of it. And, oh, wow. and he had seen it, the guy that lived in the tower next to it. And that was the only reason he was oh, wow. requesting we go there. So he's like, we can just walk. So we went over there and I was like, I didn't even know this place was here. 
I had never heard of it. And then ever since then, it went from being kind of like a blink and you'll miss it to it is clearly there. Well, I mean, it's also John's <laughs> it's got com- all the lighting and John's the- community involvement in too, um, and being sponsors for Stonewall for Pride. Um, very proactive in the community, the LGBT Center. We've done a lot of fundraisers for the LGBT it's Center. It's a great location. It's it beautiful. And They've done a great job with it. It's yeah, beautiful. no, and it, the thing is, is that all, that's another thing too. Is his little penchant for lighting, and then also the landscaping. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, but it's it's. I love the lighting. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's, nice, it's bling, 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 rainbows. I'm glad you enjoy it because it's my nightmare. Every time I come on to shift, I'm like, oh fuck, how do I turn on these strip lights? <laughs> <laughs> these lasers and everything. Well, and don't you guys have the rainbow painted outside as the crosswalk? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. fantastic. They painted it last year during COVID. Uh, yeah, I was there. I, yeah, I, I, there. I, came I, and took... I didn't get up there in time until after it was already painted. No, it looks I, amazing. I, I parked my truck and sat on the tailgate and watched because I didn't want to be around people. They thought at that point I'd already had it. So I was kind of like, yeah, I'm not trying to, st- I'm not going to come around people. Yeah. Um, so pre COVID, it was finally picking up, and then all of a sudden COVID hits. Did the owners get really scared that it no, was going to be the devastating? Carried, no, the PPE carried us, and they had Thank God. they had reserves. Okay, they they don't spend the money they make. I know it's funny if other business owners could learn to actually process and save money, they wouldn't have to freak out in crazy times like that. And it's also to having a partnership. You mm-hmm. know, um, you're you have somebody to back you up on certain decisions about and financial decisions. Agreed. But they were able to use the PPE loans. They were able to keep all our employees. We never and none of our employees went out. They that's were amazing. Able to subsidize their hours being cut, and that's mm-hmm. why you know I immediately took it all myself. I was like, hey, I've got my retirement. This was spending money. I can get by on this. I didn't expect it to be 13 months. <laughs> right. I don't think anybody did. But Everyone did the know, whole, like, eh, two weeks. Yeah. Well, I thought a few months. I mean, because I could see the writing on the wall the way it was going. Right. I had, I had friends in New Zealand. I had friends in Australia that were approaching this thing from a totally different outlook. And the longer it went, the worse it looked for us. Absolutely. Um, it wasn't until the vaccine that really made a difference. The bar itself um, has been, like... Once people got used to going out and obeying the rules and wearing the mask, um, the the business has picked up. It was kind of barely breaking even up until about a month ago, and I think they're doing. They're finally doing well. Yeah, because when we went in the I think we went in the middle, and then we went again a few months later, and I can stay. I can say that I've seen it go from like nobody to pretty full to the last time we were there, it was slammed. And the thing is, it all depends on what night. Um, yeah, that's what, true what too. Event, and we do a lot of events there to kind of keep people. Saturday nights are usually off the chain. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then also Sunday afternoons. Oh God! Yes. And then on the Saturday nights you have either the pups, the bears. The, uh, <laughs> the uh, we went the there fetish. and saw a pup there. <laughs> um, the, the, the fetish folks, the, the fetish folks, the kink community, and then the Cavaliers, the leather, uh-huh. and the, oh, night the night hawks. hawks. Night Holy hawks. moly! But yeah, no, it's and it's interesting. Um, it's it's a it's a whole community absolutely, um, and it's a much more diverse community than what I remember was just you know either the lesbian or gay, um, or trans or trans, which was or any letter of the damn thing. <laughs> well, back then it was just there was just barely three letters, you know, and we were all huddled in. We were segregated bars, though, of course. I mean, the lesbians went to. And I was one of the first guys. Oh yeah, are there is there any sure. lesbian nights over there? No, not in real. I mean. It's is there just not as much interest from the lesbian community around here to go and congregate? Well, it was considered off limits, considering 
another bar owner had the lesbian bar. Oh, okay. But now there's not one. It kind of is with Zen. Okay. I mean, it's... The same owners of the uh, Hershey Bar and Zen. Oh, okay. So So that's kind of like the understood lesbian gathering. Yeah, it's kind of... And then they do drag shows on Sunday to keep the lights on. Um, Me kind (laughs) of... But no, it's kind of... And the thing is, is that... People don't realize that in order to be a successful bar in the state of Virginia, you have to be a restaurant. You have to, have to. And you have to have food sales. Yes. And you might be able to figure ways to fudge it. Like I work for somebody that actually put their jello shots under food. (laughs) Um, Yeah. That's pretty creative. It it is, but... Did the the legal system find it creative too? Honey, as long as they got their coin. They didn't care. They're like, sure, it's a food I'm group. Sure, honey, I'm sure they walked in <laughs> and I thought nobody in hell is going to eat in this place. Group. Yep. But no, that's been the because of the restaurant. They've just renovated that restaurant. Um, we were down for like two, three months. Um, so as you need a biscuit, have you performed at other places other than MJ's? Oh, I don't perform. It's not a performance bar to me. I'll host like an event. Like a, to host a trivia. Well, that's what know, I mean. Yeah. Like you, because so to me, the whole thing is like a performance. Like you're up there, you're hosting, you're emceeing. Yeah. So, do you emcee and host at other places too? Yeah, I mean, I've done. Um, I did a show not that long ago at, at Zen. At Zen, yeah. Um, I've uh, God. Have you ever done I've done cactus. I've done cactus. Mm-hmm. Not my own show. I usually do an appearance in somebody else's show. I and also the candy house thing I do every year. I got to go up there and do some smut. Cause Where's this? It cactus. It's for, oh, okay. can, for Candy House, the children okay. with AIDS, um, and it's a fundraiser. I didn't haven't done it the past couple of years because of uh, COVID, I guess. But Hampton Roads area is your home. Yep. You don't go anywhere else. No, I've I've performed in DC. I guess it was last year. I was up at Soundstage. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think where else. How has the DC club scene changed since the '80s to now? Oh, tremendously um, for the better. Hmm, interesting. Um, as of the past couple of years, no, not the better. It was starting to get better up until a few years ago. The Eagle closed two years ago. They'd relocated. Um, yeah, because when we were up there last, we were looking, and it was still there. But yeah, so they just closed? Uh, they closed about a little over a year ago. Yep. Um, and, okay. sold, and, and Toby sold the building, and the um, employees got screwed and weren't even able to get unemployment. Mm. Um, the Green Lantern, I knew Greg that opened that. That's always been one of my favorites. But so far as the DuPont bars, I mean, gays used to own DuPont Circle. Yeah. Um, the High Heel Race was there. I, I lived there with two lesbians. It's so not- DuPont Circle is no more of like the gay area anymore. Not at all. There's because not one, there's not one gay. The fireplace is gone. There's not one gay bar left. I'm so glad you say that because we went up there, I think it was in 2019. It was like 2019. Yeah. And we were like, oh, DuPont Circle, let's go out. There's going to be places to go. And there was like nothing. Yeah, no, you got to go. There was like a couple bars and that's it. No, yeah, you got to walk down to the Lantern. Um, I think there's one little bar. We went to some gay sports bar that's up there. That's pretty famous. uh, Annie's. Yeah. Annie's. That's right around the corner. Okay. Um, That's kind of cute. But yeah, the bar scene has kind of really... Yeah, it was really changed. Yeah, it's very much changed. Because the last time I had gone, I think was like 2008. And so it was oh, totally yeah. different. Oh, yeah. I was kicking then. Yeah. There was a lot Apex of Apex was there. Apex. And um, you still had the bathhouse was still there. Yeah. And there's like nothing anymore. Mm-mm, nothing. All that whole area. Yeah. Um, and Apex was huge. What do you think shifted that as well? Any thoughts? It's real estate prices. Okay. And rents. Um, I remember in the 80s, the two coolest bars in D.C. were Tracks. Tracks. That's it. And- <laughs> 
The Lost and Found. I was trying to remember what the other one was. It was right across the street. Tracks and a Lost and Found. And these were warehouses. Mm-hmm. They were 30,000 square feet. There was four and five dance floors. Oh, yeah. Tracks there was, huge. It was huge. You get lost in there. And it was I've so still, I lived, when I was living out in West Hollywood, I've still never seen anything quite like that scene where it's just like a whole strip of like gay bars of all kinds and clothing stores and all this. Like I just have West Hollywood. Yeah. Spike. And it's beautiful. Like it was, it's so awesome there. And then like to go to DC and think like, Oh, I'm going to see something like that again. in like 2019, it was like, Whoa, it's like dead. But also the politics I've lived through the politics, the Clinton administration bars, Bush administration, not so much, you know, it's like, and although during Reagan, that's what the best part. Yeah, because <laughs> the coke was good. The coke was really good. The coke was so. It, good. it was tan, honey. It wasn't this white. Oh, exactly. It, it didn't look like Ajax. <laughs> no, girl. I'm like, uh, yeah. That's, oh my that's gosh. way too much baby laxative for me, honey. So, if there's one time frame that you look back on a lot, and you wish that you could like just have like that repeated now what time frame would you like to see again uh the day and it's been fairly recently the day that they legalized gay marriage yeah what um, was that like for you i was behind the bar and i couldn't believe it and what year was this single it's only been what six years it's been 2000, uh, 2015, right yeah. after I came out of the trash. Yeah. Was but out I was behind trash. the bar, and it was kind of like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, well, my partner just left, and um, I'm by myself. And then spontaneously, I watched five weddings happen, and they were all people I've known for many years. Aww. And so that was kind of like a full circle. Yeah. You know, that I had all the stuff that I had worked for for lobbying, going up into D.C. on lobbying day in Richmond, D.C., or Richmond for lobbying day. And to see it come full circle. What did it look like? Because I think a lot of people don't understand, especially younger people, what it looked like for a long time. Like, uh, there's a lot of up and coming young people that they're here and they feel like what they're going through is so hard. But those that were lobbying all this time in the 80s, the 90s, and all of this that were going up and were facing all of the different people that were up there from religious groups and stuff like yeah, this, got, the picketing and stuff. A, I got spit on by a state legislator from. Uh, Southwest Virginia, who was some, you know, fire or. So when you're up in, what was it, Richmond and D.C., Mm -hmm, and you're mm -hmm. up there, and what were some of the worst things that you saw? The worst thing that I saw that me personally was an attack by a state legislator that spit on me in a parking lot. What did he say? Um, Said that I was a vile, just all this religious shit, and and then spit on me. It was just like totally like, what the fuck just happened? And then the equally vile thing was that there was a state trooper, which, or state police, did nothing about it. He was like, whatever. You know, like, oh, you're just a hippie. I used to have really long hair. Almost, okay. Probably as long as this is right now. Okay. Um, but that was, you know, that was probably, but then also uh, the big, the hardest one for me was um, when Matthew Shepard was killed. Yes. Um, That was, it just, it was like, here we fucking go again. So what but was then, that like when the news broke for the Matthew Shepard story? What year are we talking about? Because there's some people, and I can't believe it, but I, I guess I can, that some people don't know this story, but it was devastating. Yeah. I mean, he was tied. This is what year? Post. Wasn't really, this like 98? I think it was yeah. like 98-ish. Yeah. It's, it's, it all, you know, you get to be my age, it all kind of mends together. So Matthew Shepard's story hits the news, and what were your thoughts? Um, here we fucking go again. They're going to legalize killing us again. Um, 
and just the it was an impetus of the the media saying enough is enough when it came to that um but still you just felt it lingering in the air but the one that really got me was just four years ago was the pulse and i happened to be in orlando two weeks after that was crazy i was heartbreaking um like again my peggy hill spanish i went down there before i drove back i'd been down there helping a friend renovate a condo and i decided at the last minute to drive by and see it and i read all the memoriams and they were fresh the flowers were still fresh okay it was two weeks um i cried for 20 minutes uncontrollably i could not get i could not there was no way i was going to drive to virginia mm-hmm. i had to get it out right and it was just the frustration mm-hmm. and they were all kids they had their age and there wasn't one over there was two over 30 they were all in their 20s mm. and it just and it made me think i took a week's vacation from the bar i worked at and it could have been our bar it could have been and it just it that really hit home and it made me you know, the counter, the marriage, mo- that day that the marriage became legal and had five weddings, that was a, a golden moment. In Virginia. It Well, in, in the whole country. Yeah. But I mean, I saw five people in my bar that night get married that I've known. Yeah. And then just three years later, I'm seeing this massacre happen. Yeah. And it's like, we have more work to do. We, and it's... Well, and that leads to my next question. So uh, being that you've been so active in the community as a whole throughout m- several decades now with this, do you feel that we're doing better or do you feel like it's going sideways? We're getting too soft or what are your thoughts? Um, no, I think we're doing a lot better. And I think we're embracing a lot more aspects that have never been addressed before. Uh, transgender gender issues. Um also, you know, people being able to express their limitations. Mm-hmm. I had an interesting conversation with a good lesbian friend of mine about Stone Butch and Stone Femme. And those were things that people didn't openly discuss. And now it is. Uh-huh. It's, I think it's a lot better for younger people sexually. Absolutely. Right. Um, the taboos are not as bad. Okay. Um yeah, I think it, we've made a lot, a lot of progress in that regards. Um, so far as a voting block, I think we have a lot of work to do. We are large numbers locally, state, and nationally. We need to be, have a more concerted effort politically. We need to engage everybody you know, about who we are and what we need from our country. And we need people in our community to get involved get involved in politics. That's what I was going to ask. So if there's people out there that are listening and they could tell something to those that are in their 20s, maybe, you know, just over 30, and they're just the ones that are going out to the clubs, using the apps, and that's it. They're not, they are claiming to go to prides and all this stuff, but they're not really doing anything else with that message. What would you say to them that, you know, I get it, you're enjoying this, but here's what you really should be doing and why? Um, you can still do all those things and still write a email to your congressman, to your state delegate, to your city council person on issues that are pertinent to your community and affect you personally. And ones that don't necessarily affect you personally. Mm-hmm. The racism issue. It's much more palatable. I mean, it's much more demonstrative if a white person writes their delegate about racism that they see exist. Okay. It's 
you've got you've got you can't just be aware you've got to be involved if you see something that you think needs change it's your government right and for too long we sat on the sidelines and let these people that are graduates from religious universities come into power and be charlatans and take away our rights while smiling and patting us on the back and i've seen it happen too much lately so involvement even on the most minor level we're going to go ahead and take one more break and we'll be right back stay tuned I'm so glad we had this time together Just to have a laugh or sing a song Seems we just get started Welcome back. So, here we are at the end of just this first part, because you are going to come back. We're about to be in what is Pride Month. But like you said, Pride mm-hmm. Month is actually, um, a lot of Pride is not happening here. Um, it's going to be it's more... Not, not the organized effort. Right. It's not going to be so big. We're going to have, a, 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 I talked with people on the board of Pride yesterday, that there is going to be an event in September. Okay. Um, September 11th. It will be outside of Scope. Um, cause it'll, so it'll be outdoors. Yes. Um, there's still organization going on, but there will be... A, a, a an event with spacing. There will be alcohol served. We're trying still negotiate. They're trying. I say we. I'm not on the board anymore. They're still trying to negotiate all the logistics of getting okay. it together. But they have a date finally of September 11th, and then the bars, all three of the bars, uh, the Cactus, uh, MJ's, and the Wave, and I think Zen as well, are doing on the weekend. We normally hold Pride events. In yeah, the, in each of those places. Right. Like, we're taking, we've got a permit to close off our entire parking lot and have outdoor entertainment. So, in two weeks, I'm hoping you'll come back so we can talk right. more about that because you're going to know the dates by then. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you'll I, know exactly yeah, details. I'll have a lot a little more, more stuff fired. You know, I will come with a notepad <laughs> already filled out. So, if people wanted to find you online, do you have an Instagram or do you have... I have Facebook and I'm in and out periodically because of jail. Because of Facebook jail. <laughs> and it's, it's always not just hairy men. It's some really sick memes. I, and that's the funny thing. Some of the people are like, well, you should go to jail for that. I'm like, I know. And nothing. And then the most random stupid thing. You're like, jail. That's what you went to jail? I'm like, mm-hmm. So, how do you spell your name on Facebook for those that would love to look you up? E-U-N-I-T-A space Biscuit. That's B-I-S-K-I-T. I don't want any copyright infringement. Yes. So, we had to think long and hard about that one. Yes, yeah, so you need um, a biscuit. <laughs> and where did you get that name, You Need a Biscuit, from? We were trying, like I said uh, earlier, that... Uh, I had done drag previously, and I had gone by my Wiener Hertz. Yes. Which is a great name. <laughs> which is. But uh, this was for a Pride event for their trailer park pageant, and my friends were like, eh, it's a bit much. We need to come up with something a little bit more palatable, kind of a little cute and funny. And it was right at the beginning of, I guess, pictures on text messages or something. A friend of mine was in New Orleans and was taking a picture outside of a bar down there, a gay mm-hmm. bar down there. And right. There was a mural from the 20s. And I just, without people rattling off names, that my friends, that for, for me, I just said, mm, you need a biscuit. And they were like, 
yeah, we got to spell it different. And, yeah, and then right. It was like, and then so it just stuck. That's fantastic. But yeah, it's kind of, and it's interesting because my involvement with the Radical Fairies, I go to a commune before COVID twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, about 300 people go camping there in the central part of United States. And people knew me by my government name, Patrick. My government name. <laughs> oh <laughs> my gosh. It was kind of weird for them to find out through either YouTube or something. They're like, holy shit, you're you need a biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah. you need a biscuit. <laughs> yeah. And I looked you up on Facebook for the first time. I about died because I, I bet you it was Patrick because you were working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. my God, I love it. Yeah, so, but it's, I enjoy doing it. It makes people laugh. It's also a parody of drag, so drag queens don't take themselves too seriously. Because um, they can get quite catty. I live for it, girl. The whole reason I do this <laughs> shit is so I can sit backstage and listen to that shit. You're like, hey, I'm not competition, okay? Mm, no, uh-uh, no, but I want to hear the <laughs> Don't tea, Don't scratch me. <laughs> I want to hear the tea. Oh, my gosh. So what else you got for me? So in closing, what are some things that you really look back on and you're just so glad that you were able to be a part of making some of these things that are now easier for everyone else to come into happen. I see the one I'm most proud of is my involvement with um, the protease inhibitor study mm-hmm. um, and seeing that make such an impact. You know, yeah, so a, so, so for those that don't know, what exactly did that study do? Um, it gave you the, the protease inhibitor was able to arrest the development of HIV within the body and in the organs. Um, it basically turned off the T cell receptors mm-hmm. so that it no longer replicated. It was breakthrough, especially for impact on people's lives. It became a manageable illness right. that quickly once the meds got out. Um, but I helped friends from here get into the preliminary studies. Right. Um, I had two friends that died. You can't really say was it because of the drug or how the advancement of their disease. Um, and I have another friend, that, one of my best friends, that helps me find out about it and help other friends get involved with it. He's since passed away as well. Um, but it led to not only the cocktail, mm-hmm. you know, of a triple but it led to prep. Right. Um, and I was going to ask, and that's, I'm that's, glad you said that because I was going to ask you about your thoughts on prep. I think it's great. I think it's, I mean, it, it's an opportunity. You can still be sexually active, mm-hmm. um, but you have to be responsible because it doesn't stop chlamydia, syphilis, gonorrhea. And those aren't things to be laughed at. You can have serious health complications from that. And because of your involvement in the community and for those that are listening, if somebody wanted to go get on PrEP, where would they go? Um, start at the LGBT Center. Mm-hmm, which um, is in Norfolk. Which is in Norfolk at Llewellyn and 28th, I believe. Or wherever you're at any LGBTQ center yes, yes. In, in your city. Uh-huh. And then also um, the American Red Cross does HIV testing. Okay. So, I mean, if you're in a very remote area... Um, there's always an American Red Cross and a community health clinic. Um, any community health clinic has HIV as well as STD testing. It's federally mandated and funded. Awesome. Well, I thank you so oh, much pleasure. for coming here. I sent you that text. And in the text, do you remember what I told you? Uh-uh. You're going to come here. You're going to sit down. And all I need you to do is just trust me, okay? Uh-huh. Have a good night. <laughs>